Foro Means Climb, hosted by TJ Ledger. This podcast is where entrepreneurs, business owners, artists, and change makers have open, honest conversations about their journey and experiences with success. Join us for weekly inspiring discussions. Watch us on YouTube or listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Nana Mabutri on finding your voice and taking up space. This week, we are joined by the admirable Nana Mabutri, the founder of one of Ghana's leading law firms, Endona and Company. Our conversation with Nanama was about her climb to success, especially about how to find your voice when starting. She was recently appointed as a non-executive director to the MTN board and won many prestigious awards for her corporate and commercial law work. This conversation hit home because she has always had a practice that I admire and a business that inspires me. If there is a leader in my space I look up to, it's her. Hello, Nanama. Hi. Thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you for coming. Um, this is my first ever episode for my really? YouTube channel. Yes, it is. Oh, so I feel coming. so privileged. <laughs> well, I, I feel so privileged to be able to talk to you. I find out what inspired you mm-hmm. along your journey and what made you start the firm. First thing I noticed is that your firm has a very entrepreneurial feel to it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is it by accident or it's on purpose? I think it's by design. design. I think it's by design. I think by nature, I'm somebody who's always looking to improve and better whatever it is that I'm doing, Mm. whether it's personally or professionally. Mm. And so um, I think that sort of has been embedded in the DNA of the firm. So what inspired you to start your own firm? Well, I, um, I had been working with a private equity fund and when I left the fund, I, wanted to, I knew I wanted to go back into private practice. And I looked around and I saw some amazing law firms, but I didn't see something that was you know, quite right for me. Um, and I wanted to create a, a place that was very young and modern in its outlook, um, a place where, you know, the best and brightest could aspire, regardless of what your socioeconomic background uh, is coming in, where you could aspire to be the best and the brightest and to make a wonderful living for yourself um, and, yeah, be a world-class lawyer sitting right here in Accra. Did you always want to be a lawyer? No. <laughs> no. I think when I was little, I think I came to it over okay. time. Right. But when I look back, mm-hmm. um, it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. that I ended up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always, I think when I was very little, I wanted to be an architect. I've always Ooh, been very interested okay. yeah, in beautiful things, mm-hmm. and I love your mm-hmm. space. Ah, thank you. I really, really love it. But it makes me very happy to be around beauty, particularly natural uh, beauty, plants and that kind of thing. So no, I wanted to be an architect Mm. when I was very little. I was very always drawing. I was that kid who, you know, you could put me in a corner with magazines and a piece of paper Mm. and I would sketch Mm. whatever I saw in the magazine. Mm. I could do that for hours by Mm. myself. Uh, And then I wanted to be a psychologist. 
along Ooh. the way. Architecture and psychology. Yeah. Those are two different things I, entirely. I think they're connected. Like, oh, really? I think they're connected, yeah. So when I was little, when I was really little, mm. I always wanted to see the world through somebody else's eyes. So mm -hmm. I literally... I would sit there and think, I, I, this, I'm seeing these carnations here, mm. and I wonder what they look like through your eyes. Mm. Um, and, and I think um, it's all related. So for me, architecture and in, in design and that kind of thing is about um, a way of seeing. Mm and a way of representing what it is that you see, your, your perspectives. And psychology, and at least the kind of psychology that I was interested in, was very much about perspective nice. uh, and point of view. Nice. So in my mind, it's all strangely connected. So <laughs> architecture, then we moved on to psychology, yes. then we finally moved on to law. No, then I, at some point in university, I discovered anthropology. Wow and um, <laughs> economic anthropology. So for, for a while there, I wanted to be an economic anthropologist, much mm. to my mother's chagrin. Mm. She thought I would starve. Um, and then I really toyed with being an artist, like a painter, oh, for a nice. while. Mm. And, then I came to, and then I came to law. So I guess you, you're a creative person. Yeah. You want to explore yeah so I, I i see that a lot in the practice that you do and even how you run your business so um, would you say that were your parents surprised when you finally decided to be a lawyer knowing you from childhood no no because i had had a very strong interest in maths and logic and mm. that kind of thing mm. And I always also had a very strong interest in what was fair and right. And I was always asking why. And why is it like this? And why do some people have this? And why do some people not have that? So when you put all those things together, the logic and the you know, sort of sense of fairness and justice and championing the underdog and things, I don't think anybody was surprised. That's why I said when I look back, it makes a lot of sense. That's nice. So what, what advice would you give to people along their journey trying to find out their own identity and how they what they can do that will impact the world what would you what would be your advice to them hmm. i think i think first and foremost you have to find your own voice and you have to um be honest with yourself about mm -hmm. the things that you like and um, and find a way to use whatever talents you have to impact the world around you. So, I mean, uh, if you are interested in music, mm -hmm. you know, I have, one of my children is interested in, um, in music. I think he, he grew up wanting to be, I sort of raised them on a diet of um, rap and R&B <laughs> and things. Um, and so he grew up wanting to be a rapper. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. 
And, um, and I was always very encouraging of him, but mm. I always was clear that, you know, you need to be able to, to support yourself. So he's that's now true. an audio engineer. Oh, that's nice. And so whatever your talent, whatever mm. your talent, you can use that to, to make the world a better place, whether it's a more beautiful place or to bring a little happiness to people mm. in music making or, uh, yeah. Speaking of rap music, yeah. um, who's your favorite rap artist? Yeah, Jay-Z. Ah. Jay-Z. What song? What Jay-Z song? Whoo, that's a tough one. Am I putting you on the spot? Yeah. <laughs> that's so many good ones. That's so many good ones. Okay, so... I would say Hard Knock Life. Ah, that's, that's premium Jay-Z. That's yeah. like 96, 97. Yeah, Jay-Z. yeah. That's nice. I well, love all things Jay-Z. He's a very Jay-Z. smart guy. Yeah. Very smart, yeah. And he's also very entrepreneurial in his approach. I mean, we've noticed that over the years. I think Jay-Z and people like that are, um, you know, they embody the kind of thing that I love. Yeah. It's not about the credentials. The credentials represent something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that people get very fixated on what credentials do people have, mm. as opposed to looking at what talents, what innate talents and skills do Mm. people have that you can hone Mm. with practice, practical experience or or schooling. So I think people like Jay-Z, I mean, show us that intelligence and ability is not just measured in credentials. And there are some fantastically talented and brilliant people who may not be champions in school, Mm. but that doesn't mean that they're not going to be winning in life. That's true. That's a very valid point. Because looking at our type of society and then the environment that we are in, credentials matter more. But then people fail to translate those credentials into actual profitable skills. Yeah. You know, paper carries a lot of weight in Ghana. Mm. But then when you're put on the job, you find that they falter translating those skills from paper into practice. Yeah. That leads me to my next question. What was, who was your first hire at Endowing? Oh, who's my first hire? Well, I think my first hire was a young lady um, called Alex. Mm. She, she, she didn't last very long, but she's a brilliant young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had other dreams and aspirations, and mm-hmm. she chose to go and pursue those. My second hire... Mm-hmm. Is still with me. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, her name is Justina Doku, and she, you know, embodies all the things that I think that that make me excited about Ghana, and that make me hopeful that, um, you know, we're, we're going to make it. Okay. So, would you tell young business owners to scale the business and then hire later, or to hire first and then scale the business later on? I think you have to do them kind of. Hand in hand. Hand in hand, okay. Yeah. So, I, you know, obviously you, you can't hire more people than you're able to mm. uh, compensate, mm. right? So I, I've always been a big believer that you, you've got to cut your coat according to your cloth. Mm. But at the same time, you've got to aspire. Mm-hmm. So you can't be so focused on, okay, I have this right now and so I'm not going to. You've got to, you know, take some risks and bet on, on growth, but, but not just betting, planning, mm-hmm. planning in a structured way. Okay. 
for the group. So passion versus skill, which one is a more important trait? Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you need passion and skill. No, so you need that's not fair. You have to pick. You, well, you need passion. Mm -hmm. You need passion, and then you've got to let that passion fuel um, fuel you to develop the skill. Mm. But everybody needs a certain amount of skill too. You can't survive just on passion. Okay. Hard work, luck, or uh, a superpower. What is the most important aspect? What contributed to your success? What do you think? You've got to be prepared. Mm. You've got to be prepared. And um, I think luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Mm. Yeah, so I guess hard work. I mean, I hate to choose between those, but if I had to, I would. I, I prefer smart work. Smart work, okay. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, that reminds me, there's a saying that goes like, if hard work made one rich, show me a rich donkey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you never do see one. Yeah, indeed. smart work. Smart work, okay, all right. Mm. What does success mean personally to you? For me... Success is being able to live the life that I want to live. Success is being able to give my children opportunities and choices, the ability to choose what it is that they would like to do, what makes them fulfilled. Um, and I think also having an impact in some whatever small way that I can on the lives of the people that um, I meet on my journey. So whether it's housekeepers or employees or friends or yeah. Well, what advice would you give to your younger self? Let's say Nanama in '96. What would you tell her if you met her today? Wow. Do I even remember that girl? You um, <laughs> <We> don't <laughs> want the details. We just we just so wanted to know. Nanama '96. Yes. What would you tell her? Nanama, we used to bump Jay Z. What would you tell her? listen to Jay-Z. Oh, it's still not the same Nanama. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, yeah. Gosh, 96, just had my first child. Mm -hmm. I would tell her not, not to worry so much. Not to worry so much. Yeah, That's like nice. a lot of things will happen, but you'll be okay and you have the ability, you have everything it takes to take care of yourself and to, and to make it. Okay. Yeah. And any words of advice for a young lawyer starting? Not even just lawyers, but anybody started in a business and who wants to be successful. What advice would you give them on their path? I would tell them to aim high. Aim high, uh, be diligent, and don't let anybody discourage you. Don't let anybody discourage you. When you share your vision and your dreams with people, sometimes people are not able to see what you can see. They don't have your imagination. And so, and even well-meaning people, our parents, the people who are closest to us, will, you know, give us advice, well-meaning advice. Don't let anybody um, discourage you. Try all the things that you want to try, but plan and prepare. That's nice. So, where are we going to get a glimpse of the architect Nanama in the future? What's next for Nanama herself and then Endowena? Oh my goodness. What's next for me? Yeah. Hmm. 
but I'm still built very much in building mode. And next day? And next day. <laughs> I did actually used to sing. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah, I, I wasn't Beyonce or anything, but what's next for me? I'm very much building the law firm. Okay. Um, and, um, and we are starting a program called Launchpad. Mm -hmm. And that program is aimed at providing services to smaller businesses. Uh, and so we are looking for, for ways to, to be able to share our expertise with a broader segment of um, the Ghanaian economy. Okay. So that's okay. what's next. So okay. looking to um, fan out mm. and uh, yeah, be of assistance to a wider variety of entrepreneurs. Well, that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, last year, the pandemic, the, what was your experience during lockdown? What's one fond memory you have? Well, maybe not so fond, but what introspection? I had, I actually, it was, it was a very positive time for me because usually I, before the pandemic, I was spending a lot of time running around yeah. and, and now I see using my time in ways that was not the most efficient. Mm -hmm. So the pandemic forced me to sit down and focus and, you know, the being at home with my daughter was really special. Yeah. I also, I think because we were all concerned about, you know, our health, mm. I took the time to actually take care of my health and take care of things that I hadn't been doing, I'd been putting off because I was too busy. Mm -hmm. um, so it really helped me to focus on what is important um, and, and to spend time with my, with my loved ones. Um, so, yeah, it, it was... A difficult time for everybody but for me personally it was really a good time to focus and in a strange way recharge yeah. it, it was it was a hard time but speaking of what you said about spending time with family the same thing happened to me mm. you know before the pandemic everything was go 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 yeah then the pandemic brought everything to a standstill so then we also as a family had to learn ways to reconnect with each other yeah because then both parents went on their way to work. I was yeah. in rushing my daughter to drop her off at school at yeah. six thirty AM wow. while she's a toddler, stuff like that. So it gave me the opportunity to also bond with family, mm. even external family. Because mm. then every morning what we do is we'll call each other over Zoom mm. and then talk to each other. Because then we couldn't even go visit our neighbors yeah. or our parents or nobody else. So it was speaking of what you said, it was a good time for me as well. Because it enabled me to spend quality time with family mm. as well. Mm. All right. So in, uh, in the next 10 years, what do you see Endoway and taking over the world? <laughs> An office in LA. That would be nice. <laughs> Kinshasa. <laughs> I see, um, you know, a number of the junior people who are in the mm. firm running the, running the firm. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the thing will hopefully be multiples of the size that it is today. Mm and hopefully it'll be a household name in Ghana. Okay. What, what's it like being a, a, a woman who takes up her own space, for example? Because you're, you're a leader in your firm and also in your industry, and you speak with so much expertise, power, and knowledge. What's it like being a confident woman? Gosh, I think that's, I've never been asked that before. <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, 
You know, I take each day as it comes. As it comes? Okay. And as I listen to you, mm. um, that is true of me on many days. Mm. Uh, but it's not true of me every day. So I'm pretty much like everybody else. Mm. You know, I have my good days and I have my more difficult days. But as I get older, I think I'm very committed to making sure my voice is heard um, and to speaking out where I see things that are happening that are not aligned with my personal values. So it's a, it's a daily practice, really, to put yourself out there, put yourself on the line and to speak your mind. And it's difficult because it, it, it's not always something that is um, accepted, acceptable. Yes. And then I, I constantly struggle with finding the right tone um, when I'm speaking out. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. It's but work in progress. I'm, yeah, I'm very happy with where I am today. Yeah. So I'm growing. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll, we'd like to thank you for coming and speaking on this YouTube channel. And we look forward to seeing you some other time. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And I'm really privileged to be uh, your first guest. You flatter me. The Forum Podcast is written, recorded, and produced by TJ Lecher and Daniel Edem Abba. It is filmed on set and sponsored by Scribe, a business consulting advisory. If you love the content and conversation, don't forget to pay it forward. Share, like, comment on our YouTube channel, or rate us on your podcast app. Let us know how you feel about the podcast. This helps us on our mission to provide quality content at no charge and makes this channel a resource for entrepreneurs and business-minded folks. You can also leave a donation or a tip on our website at www.forropodcast.co. Thanks for listening.